Good morning, everybody. Come on and give Jesus a big hand. Why don't we thank the Lord this morning? He is good. It's awesome. You can grab a seat. And uh, so good to be with you this morning. I don't know about you, but I really love winter. Any, any, any winter people? Any, who's more of a summer person? You, oh, okay. Well, you guys are awesome too. But I'm a winter person. Thanks, Roxy. Give Roxy a big hand. She's awesome. And uh, so good, so good to be here. So good to see you all, and uh, we're going to have a great morning this morning. Welcome again to our visitors. Uh, it's our pleasure to have you. My name is Mitch, uh, and uh, me and my wife, Beck, who's uh, getting very, very more pregnant as the weeks go by. We have six, six weeks to go until we are uh, parents, which is pretty wild. Uh, well, you know, up to or thereabouts, but uh, it's exciting, and it's so good to have you here um, and yeah, we just, we're here every week, if you didn't know. Every week, can you believe Every week, every Sunday morning. Just we, rain, hail, chill, summer, shine, everything. We're, we're here, and, uh, and God's here. And that's the important thing, is that, uh, that we, we love, and we love welcoming people in to this family. And that's really what we're all about. We're, we're a family here, and that's the heart of C3. The heart of our house is that we would create a place for you, and that you would feel a part of this family. And I want to thank Aaron Gallagher for being here this morning. Everyone give Aaron a big hand. Aaron's on our Sydney worship team, and uh, is incredible, incredible, uh, incredible, incredible guy, incredible dad, husband and uh, is just amazing. So good to have you here, man. We, uh, we love having you here. And, uh, and if you didn't know, uh, like, like Tyler said, we are one of 11 locations across the city. And so I think that's awesome. And that's where God has a heart for the city of Sydney. And I, I, don't know, I, I don't know about you, but I don't want to just play church. Like, God forbid, we just, we just, you know, play church, we just have play church. You know, you, play, you know what play church is? Like, where you just come, you kind of, you do all the things, you, 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 you know, you say the prayers, you read the scriptures, and you go home, and you tick the box, and you're like, that was nice. That's play, that's not what God wants. God actually has a mission, has a heart to see every single person, every single person of the five million people in this city come to know the love and the grace of God. That's awesome. And uh, that's our heart, that we wouldn't just be here to play church and tick boxes, but here to actually, uh, you know, receive something from God, to experience more of God, and then actually take that out and, uh, and share that with our city and the people that we know. And uh, that's exciting. So we're going uh, to get into the Word this morning. As, uh, as Ty said, we're going to uh, continue our series, Walk With Me. And this is the invitation that Jesus gives us to walk with Him. And that wasn't just, you know, uh, the, the disciples 2,000 years ago, uh, they're not the only ones that actually get to walk with Christ. Actually, today He is alive and He is living and He's with us. And, and we actually have an invitation to walk with God. And that's uh, what we're talking about. And the different, there's different ways we do that through the Word, which we talked about last week. And this week, we're going to focus in more on, on actually uh, walking with God in prayer. And, uh, and so why don't, why don't you just take a moment, why don't you close your eyes, let's pray this morning in Jesus' name. Lord, I thank you. Uh, that you're here, that you're with us, you're for us, that you love us, double journey closer to you. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen, amen. Well, hey, why don't you uh, turn with me, if you've got your Bibles, otherwise it's going to come up on the screen, uh, to Luke 10. And uh, I'm going to start in this, in this story, uh, which, which it's a very, a very well-known story about Mary and Martha, and uh, a, common, a common contrast of, of two types of people. And typically, uh, people go, oh, I'm more of a Martha person, or I'm more of a Mary person, and, and you'll see why in a second. And so here in Luke 10, on, in verse, starting at verse 38, it says this, As Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. 
That's interesting. Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. But Martha, everyone say, but Martha. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do all the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Imagine being uh, this, this woman who, who, from all accounts, it seems like she's just met the Savior of the world, and one of the first interactions she's made is she is demanding the Savior of the world to get in on her family business, her domestic business. She's like, tell my sister to help me. And uh, anyone a little bit like that, like you're a bit of a workhorse, bit of a bit of a, any Marthas here, love to get it done, love to make the, yeah, anyway. Any, any Marys here, often accused of being slightly on the lazy side? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm joking. Verse 41, Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you are worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed, or indeed only one. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. I think Martha gets a bad rap. I think, I, think, I think Martha's kind of often been at the wrong end of the stick, often gets a little bit beat up and bruised about, about, about being kind of this, this person who's actually like deeply trying to do the right thing and by, by her own sense is, is doing what she can. This is her house. She feels responsible to, uh, to host Jesus. And, uh, but I find that what happens here is Martha isn't just a person. She actually represents all of us in some ways. Neither, none of us are either Mary or Martha. We'll actually have, it's a wrestle of, that's in both of us. We all have a wrestle of Mary and Martha within us. We have this wrestle between, between rest and work. We have, this, we have this rest between wanting to do it all and control it all to letting go and surrendering. This is a wrestle that all of us have within us, and it's a wrestle that, that we have in our walk with God to actually to go actually to try and figure it out and get all the answers. And, and there's a part of our, of our walk with God that needs to work and needs to, because there's preparations that have to be made have to be made. That's, you know, this, this doesn't just happen. Like, there are people, that, there are things that have to be done, work that needs to be done. But then there are moments when we actually need to be the Mary and actually learn to prioritize and sit at the Lord's feet and rest and wait and listen and pause and reflect and stop and breathe. There's this wrestle in every single one of us. And Martha gets a bit of a bad rap here, but, but what, what she didn't realize was in this moment is that we can invite Christ into our world and not realize that he's inviting us into his world. Isn't it interesting? It was Martha's house. It wasn't Mary's house. It was Martha's house. She was the host. She was the one that, that actually set up this moment. She invited him in to her world. And many of us have done that, where we've invited Christ into our world, where we're surrounded, where we're, he, he's in our world. He's, he's in close proximity to our life and what we're doing. And she didn't open and she opened her home to him but didn't realize that he actually wanted her to make her home in him. And there's a difference. We can be in close proximity to God, but he's still not priority. And there's this balance between proximity and priority. In John 15, verse 4 in the message Bible, it says, Live in me. Jesus is talking. He says, Live in me, make your home in me, just as I have in you. And so Jesus can make his home in us, but we haven't made our home in him. 
And that's the, the, this wrestle between uh, proximity and priority. And we can, have, we can be in close proximity to Jesus, but He's still not priority. We can be surrounded by, by Christian things. We can be in church. We can tick the boxes, but still He's not that number one. He doesn't hold that place where we've learned to be Mary, sitting at the Lord's feet, listening to His heart, listening to His words. Mary and Martha were under the same roof, yet saw this situation completely differently. Isn't it interesting? We can, two different people can be in the same setting, hearing the same things, under the same roof, in the same culture, in the same world, yet have two very different end products. Proximity and priority. Proximity is having Jesus in our world, but priority puts us in His world. God just doesn't want us to be close to Him. He wants us to be focused on Him. Martha was focused on perfection, where Mary was focused on purity. And there is a difference. So often our walk with God can be focused on perfection, trying to do it all. Even, even in our own prayer life, we can be trying to pray the right way, do it the right way, be perfect, sound perfect, look perfect, have it all together. But Jesus does not give a rip about your perfection. Doesn't. But He does care about your purity. And can I tell you, your purity is not, is, far, is not really about behavior. Sometimes we talk about purity as purity. You know what purity means? It means to be, to be undiluted. It means to be unmixed. You know when you have a beautiful clean glass of water and then you pour in like Coke? All right, it's no longer pure because it's got two sources of input. That's what, that's what impurity is. It's, it's to be mixed, to be mixed with something. And so Jesus isn't so much looking for you to be perfect. He's just saying, hey, I want you to, uh, to, to have one source, to be pure in, in, in your direction, not necessarily your perfection. And Mary, although she wasn't perfect, she was pure in her devotion to Christ. God isn't looking for our perfection. He's looking for the purity of our heart, to be focused on Him. Perfection is self-focused where purity is God-focused. Perfection is about works where purity is about worship. Perfection is about our hands where purity is about our heart. God wants us to have a pure sense of devotion to God. And, and so I want to talk about what practically, what, what is prayer? What, what does this look like to be someone who sits at the Lord's feet, who, who is focused on God, who, who's not just in close proximity to God, but actually has Him as priority? What does that look like? And um, for most of us, uh, when we think about prayer, we think about two things. We think about, we think about place, like a prayer meeting. You know, like we go to church and we pray, or we go to a specific place and we pray, or we go and we sit in a church. And, and many of us probably have a whole bunch of different perceptions of prayer, different depending on our background. I grew up, um, and, and I, my, my only church experience was, was a Catholic church experience. And, and, and there's a lot to take from that, but there are also, it, it, there's, there's things that aren't, it's not a complete picture, is it? And, 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 and so like there, there is, there's a, a mindset that isn't, complete about what prayer is. And many of us, prayer can just be a place. It can just be a moment. It can just be a specific context. Prayer, uh, for many of us, can, can just seem like a practice, like a discipline, an act, a script almost of what a prayer is. And prayer can be either a practice or a place, a context or a discipline. And it is a discipline, and get me wrong. Prayer is kind of prayer. And what I want to talk about is how we walk in prayer how it's a mobile, continuous, a few other things. It is a posture. Yeah, prayer is a posture. Prayer is a, a posture in our hearts. Isn't it, I don't know, you, know, you, know, you know that posture where you're just kind of leaning in? Maybe not physically, but in your spirit. You're like just, you're leaning. You know, you know, you know those people when you have a conversation 
and they're like space invaders. You know those people. Yeah, you, don't look at the person who, you, you know, they, and, and they're like lean in real close. They're like, okay, back up or take a minute. Either way, you know, but, but that's kind of like spiritually God wants us to lean in. So prayer, prayer is a posture in our spirit where we lean into God. We're just kind of like, you know, you know, when you're trying to listen, you're like squinting a bit. You're just trying to really, you know, when people try to listen and they squint, it's like somehow their eyes affect their ears and it's like. And but it's a, it's, a, it's a lean, it's a posture of prayer. What was that? You know, when you don't hear something, you're like, what was that? You, that's what prayer is. To lean into God. To change your posture from, oh. Change your posture. Prayer is a partnership. Prayer is where we actually arm in arm with God. We're walking with Him. We're journeying with Him. Not just, I've, I've, no, it's gone from a lean to actually a walk. We're doing this together. We're journeying together. We, we, we're in step with each other, walking together. And prayer is a pathway I found. I found that prayer is actually a journey that we take. And that's what I want to focus on. Yeah, you know, I've got a few scriptures here just quickly. 1 Thessalonians 5, 17, it says, pray continually. Have you ever read that? Two words, little scripture in Thessalonians. It says, pray continually. Another translation, you know, it says, pray without ceasing. I don't know about you, but that is impossible if it was just a practice and a place. I, that is a long prayer meeting. Like, I've been to some long prayer meetings. That is a long, like, I'd still be in it. I couldn't preach because I'm, I'm still in the pray without, that's a big ask if it's a place or a practice. But if it's a posture, if it's a partnership, if it's a pathway, I can do that. It's constantly leaning in. All through, I wake up, leaning in. In the shower, hey, leaning in. God, what are you saying? I actually love praying in the shower. Personal point, too much. You know, you know right now, while I'm preaching, leaning in, praying continually. God, what are you doing right now? What are you saying? Speak through me. It's posture. It's a pathway. You know what it takes the pressure off having to confine it to a place and a practice? It's good. Discipline's good. Don't get me wrong. We need those things. We need those checkers, those markers, those, those moments to keep us because our, our flesh kind of disregards. But so the contact, river, river banks are good. It, it keeps the river flowing. But it's still a river. It's still flowing. There's a posture to it. And, 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 and I, can, I can pray without ceasing because I'm in the shower and then I get out and then, and then I'm making, oh, praying. Oh, and then I'm in the car praying, Leah, praying. Oh, God, what are you, what are you doing? And then, and then I, see, I meet someone at work who's struggling and, and I'm talking to them, but I'm, God, come on, why don't you help this person? What do, you want, what do you have for this person? And then I come to church. Oh, yeah, oh, hey, praying, praying, praying. Then I go to dinner with my parents, praying. God, I'm without oh, partnership, posture, leaning in. God, what are you doing? Praying. Bless them, Lord. God, yes, Lord. I've hardly said a word, but I'm praying. Pray without ceasing. I'm at work, hard situation, tough meeting. God, be here with us right now. And Jesus, you know, just pray, little prayers. I think we need to, we need to recapture the, the little moments in prayer. In 1 Corinthians 6, 17, I've said it before, but whoever, everyone say whoever. I think that's the best word in the, in the Bible, whoever. God's not selective. He doesn't, he's, there's no qualification. Whoever is united with the Lord is one with him in spirit. Posture. I'm one with God. I'm walking with God. 
Galatians 5.25, since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit to partnership. I think there are simple prayers we can pray. I'll give you, I'll give you, do you, want, do you want some practical? Here's some really simple prayers you can pray all throughout your day. Ready? All right, first one. I give you this day. Lord, I give you this day. Your prayers don't have to be long. It's a heart. God, I give you this day. Yeah, I pray that most mornings when I, God, I give you this day. First thing I say, God, I give you this day. I think if we could just pray that prayer, your life would change. You wake up, first thing, God, I give you, you don't say it out loud even, God, I give you this day. Another one, I surrender to you. God, I surrender to you. I surrender this moment. You know, when I go, every, time, every, every game I play at soccer, since I was 15 years old, I, I, I get on the field and I say, Lord, protect everyone here. No injuries. Bless everyone here. Every, every, without fail, every week. I've always done it since I was 15, got saved. Lord, little press. God. Now, have people got injured? Yes. But, but I pray the prayer. And, God, and God's in that moment. I, I really believe that. Another one, have your way. God, have your way. When you walk into it, God, have your way here. Have just little prayers. Another one, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, Thanksgiving is the language of faith. Thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus, for these people. Thank you, God. Another one, bless them, Lord. Bless them, Lord. Come on, when you meet someone, walk away. when you're walking away, bless them, God. I, I, really, I really went to town on this one once when I first got my peace. And I was driving, I just did the whole lap of the northern beaches because I didn't know where to go. So I literally drove from Manly up to Palm Beach into Ingleside and Terry Hills back down to Belrose and I did back to Manly, did a big lap, I don't know why. But I really got, I really went to town and I, and I, and I just, I was like, oh, what am I, okay, I'll pray. And then I realized every, every car that passed me the other way, bless them, bless them, bless them, bless them. I just, <laughs> there's a lot of people got blessed that day. Half the northern beaches got blessed. But, but hey, come on, when, when you see, just God bless that. Bless that person, God. Protect that person, God. Heal that person, God. Come on, little prayers, right? Little prayers. We need to learn the art of little looks. You know, um, in, in 1 Samuel, I'm, I'm still in my intro, by the way, but that's all right. I'm preaching tonight at Oxford Falls, so if you want part two, you can come. You know, in 1 Samuel 16, um, you know, David's out in the field. His brothers who are all somewhat more handsome, apparently, taller, stronger. And, uh, and Samuel, the prophet, is trying to look for the next king. And, he go, and so Jesse, the dad of, of David and his brothers, line up all the brothers bar David. David's out in the field. Um, doing, he's faithful, doing, being faithful. And, and Samuel comes and he, and he inspects all the brothers. He's figuring, he knows that one of these brothers is going to be the next king. And he looks at them and he's like, oh, nah, it's not right. Imagine if he had gone with, and with, with no posture with no lean-in in that moment. And he just picked who he thought was going to be the next king. But he realized in that moment, he's like, oh, God's not looking at outward appearance here. God's looking at people's heart. And, and, he's, and, and he realized in that moment, he goes, hey, hey Jesse, you, you've got another son. There's someone else. He's not here. He's like, actually, yeah, David's out in the field. Can you imagine if Jesse went into that, sorry, if Samuel went into that moment without the posture of prayer, leaning into what God was saying? There are Davids hidden in the field that are, that, are, that are depending on us leaning in. There are people on the other side of our lean-in who, who we've seen that, 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 that are, isn't obvious. There are, not, there are unobvious moments that God's wanting to whisper, hey, why don't you do this in that moment? Why don't you change it? Why don't you do this? Why don't you? And, Samuel, and Samuel's like, hey, we need to wait. Call in David. He saw David, hey, and then God put his hand on him and he anointed him. 
Come on, there are Davids. There are people depending on us, posturing ourselves in prayer every day of our lives. Learn the art of little looks. Little looks, you know, just, just, just doing that. Lord, Lord, little looks. All right, just quickly as a finish. Because the pathway, right? I like to call it the miracle path because there's miracles on the path. When you're praying on that pathway, there's this miracles. And I want to give you five quick ways to stay on that path. You ready? All right, here we go. One, pray with purpose. Pray with purpose. Have purpose in your prayer life. In, in, in Matthew 6, Jesus gives us a really clear guide to how we should pray. Can I tell you, the Lord's Prayer is not just a script to recite, it's a framework to follow. It's not, it's not a script to recite, it's a framework to follow. You know what that framework is? And that booklet, can I grab that booklet? This goes through the Lord's Prayer. And it goes through the different attributes and how, uh, how we can pray through that prayer. But it's a, it's a framework. And, and, and the framework is, is really simple. Ready? Praise God. Start with pra- always start with praise. Praise God. Thanksgiving. Then pray for God's plan. Pray for God's provision. Pray for God's protection. Come on, that's the framework. They're the three. Plan, praise. Always start with praise. God, your will be done. Pray for His plan. God, give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us provision of food and forgiveness and then protection God be with us deliver us from evil lead us not into temptation it's a little it's a framework that we can follow all right second one we pray with pain how do you stay on the path pray with pain don't run away from it can I tell you you know often uh in in our Christian walk we talk about valleys and mountains you know, we talk about, oh, I'm on, the va- I'm, on, I'm, in, I'm on the mountain or I'm in the valley. That's good. But can I tell you, often we get that wrong. I reckon sometimes when we think we're in the valley, we're on the mountain. Come on, pain. Can I tell you, pain is a peak. Pain's not a valley. Pain's a peak. We, are, we can be closest to God in our moments of pain, in our moments of hurt. Like Aaron was saying, you know, when you're driving in the car, things are going crazy. You sing, but you're close, you're close, God's, God's grace is sufficient in our weakness. And so pain, it's, 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 a, it's the peak of pain we're, when we're closest to God. In, in uh, 1 Samuel, there's Hannah prayed with pain. It says, in her deep anguish, Hannah prayed to the Lord, weeping bitterly. I remember someone asked me in my connect group back in the day, oh, how, wh- like, where do I start with prayer? And I said, you know what? what, what what's frustrating you right now? What's hurting you right now? What are you angry about? What are you disappointed about? What are you frustrated by? Start there. The realer we are with God, the realer He'll be with us. God responds to vulnerability. God responds to our honesty. The realer we are, the realer He'll be. So use your pain as a platform into His promises. Use, you, don't, don't let pain push you off the path. Let it propel you forward, amen? Come on, third one, pray with people. Pray with people. That's pretty good, right? Come on, don't do the path alone. Don't do the journey alone. Pray with others. The most powerful thing we can do is agree together. You know, Jesus promised, you know, we don't, you know, this, <laughs> we don't need to pray for God's presence. Isn't that crazy? You know, sometimes we pray, God, would you be with us? We don't, we don't, you know, Jesus promises his presence when we pray. Because he, he's like, hey, wherever, wherever you agree in my name, even two of you, if you just get together, I'm going to be there. I'm going to be there. You want, you, want, you want God's presence? Come on, why don't you just get with one other person and say, God, we thank you for what you're doing. He's there with you. I'll tell you what, he promises to be with you when you pray. Pray with people. Spur one another on. All right, another one, fourth one. Pray with preparation. 
You know, every prayer needs to be acted on. Every prayer needs to uh, act, have, have, a, have a outworking. I find that uh, no, matter what, no, no matter what we're praying for, small or great, there is something practical we can do to anticipate a breakthrough. In uh, Philemon 22, it says this, And one more thing, prepare a guest room for me because I hope to be restored in answer to your prayers. I love this scripture. And one more thing, prepare a guest room, prepare a guest room for me because I hope to be restored in answer to your prayers. We're saying prepare for the prayer. You've prayed it, prepare for it. Come on, what have you prayed for that you haven't started preparing for? You know what, pre- you know, you know what preparation does? It actually goes, oh, I actually believe that this is going to happen. I'm going to get ready. Come on, what are you praying for that you need to do something about? And, God, and God's saying, I see your faith. Because prayer isn't just words, it's action. As we take a step, that's a prayer because we're praying continuously. It's a pathway. Amen. Final one, pray with persistence. Keep praying. Keep walking. Keep, keep, keep taking steps. I'm not saying you have to keep, you know, slogging yourself and saying the right things. Just keep journeying. Keep leaning in. Keep knocking on the door. Keep leaning. Keep posturing yourself. Don't give up. Keep praying. Keep pushing. In Luke 18, verse, uh, verse 7, in, in the, in the message, uh, sorry, the message, the Passion Translation, it says this, Don't you know that God, the true judge, will grant justice for all his chosen ones who cry out to him day and night? He will pour out his spirit upon them. He will not delay to answer you and give you what you ask for. Come on, God's good. God's good. Come on. As we stay, as we keep pushing in, all things work together for good of those who love the Lord. Amen. If I can grab the band back up, that would be awesome. I want to finish uh, on a story, and I, w- I want to say this, that our prayer changes when we have been with Jesus. The closer we are to Christ, the more we spend time with Him, I find our prayer starts to change. Our prayers become less about us and more about others. I don't know if you've noticed that. Because when you're in Christ, you realize, I actually don't need a lot. You know, I'm good. Bible says we've been given fullness in Christ. So when you're in Christ, you're like, I'm full. I don't need much. You begin, your prayer begins to shift from yourself to others. And that's a good thing. The more our eyes are, and you can see the light still. And we look at Christ. And then we look at people. I can see that light in people. It changes. It changes the way we look at people. It changes the way we see people. In Acts 3, uh, Peter, and, Peter and John are walking. It says they're walking to the place of prayer. You understand that for years they've been walking to this place of prayer. Walking to the same place, the same spot to pray. It says this, one day Peter and John are going up to the temple at the time of prayer. They had a specific context of prayer. It's good. They were, they were walking on Thursday night, 7 o'clock, to see through Roselle to the, at the time of prayer to pray. At three in the afternoon, at seven at night. Now a man who was lame from birth was being carried to the temple gate called Beautiful, where he was put every day, every day. This is not the first time Peter and John had seen this man. To beg from those going into the temple courts, when they saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for money. Peter looked straight at him, as did John. Then Peter said, look at us. So the man gave him his attention, expecting to get something from them. Then Peter said, silver and gold I do not have, but what I do have I give to you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Walk. Amazing. Here's the thing. Not the first time Peter and John had walked past this man. 
They'd gone to the, t- at the time of prayer, the place of prayer. They'd been going here for a while. This is after resurrection. Jesus is risen. Holy Spirit's fallen. They're not just going to a place of prayer anymore. There's a posture of prayer in their life. There's a pathway. They're on a different path. Even though they're on the same path, they're on a different, they're on a different, they're on a miracle path. They walk past the same man as they have, but they saw differently. They saw him differently. They saw this situation differently. Can I tell you, come on, when you get that posture, every situation you walk past, even the same situations that you've walked past for years that have seemed helpless. What do I do? How do I help this person? How do I change the situation? How do I fix this person? But because they've been with Jesus and they're posturing and they're leaning in and they haven't replaced the place of prayer. The place of prayer, they were still heading there, but it wasn't restricted to the place. It wasn't restricted to the time. It wasn't restricted to the practice. There was a posture. There was a lean in. There was a partnership. They said, hey, I I know what you're asking for, but it's actually not what you need. It's what you want. It's not what you need. It said in the name of Jesus, what I do have. What I do have. Come on, when you've been that place, that you've got something. You've got something to give. What I do have, I give to you. I am, and I know, I know you know this because I've, I've shared the story, but I'm the product of being on someone else's pathway. I'm the product of, of, of someone else seeing my life because they prayed. I wonder who's on your path. It's what we're here for, right? We're here to see people. We're here to know people. We're here to love people. We're here to bring Christ. We're here to see the light of Christ in others. I wonder what people you've walked past for years, but if you just lent in, you'd see the situation differently. I'll finish on this. In James is a common scripture. The book of James is a common scripture uh, that we talk about when we talk about prayer. It says that the fervent, effective prayer of a righteous person avails much. But uh, different translation actually translates it a little differently, and I think it's a lot more accurate. It says that the prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. Because often what happens is we've, we've, we've preached the fervency of our prayer is what makes our prayer powerful. And you understand, I'm all for passion. I'm, all for, I'm, I'm, I'm right there. But passion does not make our prayer powerful. Position does. The prayer of a righteous person. Is powerful in effect. Not the fervency of our prayer, it's, it's, the, it's the position. We're in Christ. Can I tell you, that's available to every single person to be in Christ. Come on, God, here's our prayer. Come on, you don't need to have it the right thing. You don't need to be perfect. You don't need to be Mr. Passion or Mrs. Passion. Why don't we close our eyes as we finish? I want to ask this morning, maybe, maybe you're here for the first time. Maybe you've been here a while. But I would love, no matter where you are on that journey, on that, on that, in, in those stages, that every single one of us could say, hey, I've positioned myself in Christ. I've stepped into that place where I'm not trying to be perfect. I'm not trying to tick all the boxes, but my eyes are fixed on Him. In that place, every, everything changes. If that's you this morning and you want to maybe reconnect with Christ or connect with Christ for the very first time, can I tell you, He loves you, He cares for you, He's with you, He's for you, He's forgiven you no matter what you've been through. He's with us and He's given us free access into His grace. If you want to receive that this morning, maybe for the first time or maybe for the first time in a while, I love you with no one looking around just to respect each other's privacy. Why don't you just slip your hand up and say, God, that's me. I want to know you. I want to receive your mercy and receive your grace. If there's anyone here who wants to do that, why don't you just slip your hand up? No one's looking around. 
It's between you and God this morning. In Jesus' name. Beautiful. Why don't we stand to our feet?